Amen, amen. How are we feeling, family? Excellent, excellent. So on behalf, you know, just, I just want to say thank you so much for participating in the fundraising that we did for Bahamas. As you see, we are, it moved fast. We got things there fast to try to respond. Uh, the pastor that was uh, in tears, he has nothing. The church is gone. His own home is gone. So we're there trying to help build him up, and we're trying to empower. Uh, the church is there. We don't want to just go in and show up, you know, all of the CCCites and start working and stuff like that. Sometimes it's better and you get longevity within the body of believers when we empower the local church because the local church is there. So after we leave, right, what is the condition do we leave the local church in? So we'd rather have the local church uh, be empowered to respond to their community, to do what they need to do, and uh, continue doing church. Amen? Amen? So thank you so much. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for just allowing us to say no to something else, to say yes to blessing yep. the people in Bahamas. You're a good God. You're a wonderful God. So we say thank you for that. So continue blessing us so that we can continue with the heart of giving. We ask that you bless us for the rest of the service. You have your way. Pray and ask that you help us continue to see and you know, understanding the idea of being patient and waiting and, and knowing that you are a God of strategy. That you have reasons why you do what you do and how you do it. We don't even have to be privy to all the reasons why. So we say thank you, Lord. And have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So how are we feeling, family? Oh, that was convincing. Amen. So I'm excited. I've been, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I started working on a message with you uh, talking about waiting and being patient. What does being patient look like? And what does waiting look like? You know, I, to this day, you, you have, you know, you spoke about how we want everything instant. You know, even, even fast food is too slow. Right? Fast food is too slow. You get into a restaurant, you know, don't, don't sit down, you know, more than five minutes without the waiter or waitress coming to, to, to speak to you. You know, we get frustrated. We're ready to write a letter and, and, and the internet is too slow. I was showing my kids, I showed them dial-up. Remember dial-up? <laughs> right? That, 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 that you start working on your computer and you got to dial-up and wait for a connection. You hear that. <laughs> right? How many of us, some of the kids are like, what is that? What is dial-up? Like, we had to connect the phone, right? Phone connection. And, and we were waiting, and then you got that guy, or like AOL. And he looks like he's, right? <laughs> Remember? And that was, that we had to be patient, you know? For now, these kids say, oh, I got, I got 4G. Why don't we have 5G out here in Long Island yet? I need 5G because this is not fast enough. Like, man, how fast do you want it to be? You know, and I think that with everything becoming fast and we're getting, you know, fast food and fast as fast that, it, is, uh, it creates a, a mentality of not being patient. Right. It creates a mentality of, 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 of looking at, at things and saying, man, what's taking so long? And we can look at and, and we can compare the speed of the internet with the speed of our God. Right? And we, and we say that, you know, uh, our God is above and our God is greater, but why God is not moving at 5G? Yeah. Right? We get frustrated. We, we look at how fast my phone works. We look how fast I can download a file, how, how fast I can download a movie. But when it comes to our conversation with God, it's like, God, what's taking so long? Sometimes I feel like God is moving at dial-up speed. 
You know, and, and, and I put a correlation because I use dollar speed, I use a 5G, and, and, and sometimes I believe that when, in order for us to, to, to receive something a little faster, you know, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm, it might be time for you to upgrade your software. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that there. I'm going to leave that there. Because your software might not be able to handle the speed that you're asking God to move. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I thought y'all were up this morning. <laughs> Look at it this way, right? So we got the iPhone, uh, the, the first generation iPhone. And with the first generation iPhone, it is not even, uh, the, the, the hardware and the software is not even strong enough to accept the downloads or the updates. Okay. You know, I was, I, I, when I first started in ministry, I used to look at individuals and see what God is doing in their life and say, okay, God, you know, I, I want to be like that. You know, okay, God, I said, man, that's nice, you know, speaking in front of these, this individual and that individual. And I'm looking, I used to compare myself. And, and sometimes that's what we'll do. We'll look at individuals and say, Lord, you move fast in their life. You know, you got, you got things going good in your life. And, and, and it's like you, you start comparing and stuff like that. And this is what the word God gave me. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you. I never shared this. I felt bad being a pastor, but going through the process of comparison. And, I'm, and I had to, God had to catch myself. He said, he said, when you see those things or those individuals doing certain things, he said, I'm not saying you're not mature enough for what you see them doing, but you're not mature enough for what I want to do in your life. See, there's a certain level of maturity that you have to arrive to, and, and that's why comparison and comparing things is very difficult because you see where the person is, and God says, you, you can handle that. That's easy cake for you. But when it comes to what I have for you in your life and what, what the, the things I have for you to take responsibility of, there needs to be a certain level of maturity, and you need to grow. See? Because we, we, we get quick to start judging the methodology of this God we serve. And I love it because I, I love being challenged. Sometimes God, is, you know, he, he has a sense of humor. Because he'll, he'll hold you accountable or, or check your spirit from individuals that you won't even ex- expect to be checked from. You know, I'm, I'm on an airplane, and, and, and I'm flying down to go minister. And, I, and, I, and I'm trying to get my message ready, and, and you know, and, I, and this, this is what, like one of the largest platforms I ministered on, and I was nervous, and, and, and the lady sitting next to me, she said, she said, what's the matter? I said, no, I'm, no, I'm good. You know, like sometimes I don't like telling people that I'm a pastor because it becomes a counseling session on the airplane. <laughs> right? You know, are you a pastor? I said, so what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? So I try to keep my, you know, especially before I'm, you know, coming back out of mind, we could talk. Chop it up, whatever. But going flying down, the lady kept on talking to me. I said, Lord. <laughs> and I, got, I started getting frustrated. I'm saying, and I started getting a little short with her. And, and, and she looked at me and she said, you look nervous. I said, you need to mind your business. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> it was like that out-of-body experience. Like I, I responded and I came back to myself and said, oh, no, I'm good. Thank you. But I wanted to say, you mind your business. Like, Woman, <laughs> I don't even know. Y'all married. <laughs> you know? My wife don't want me talking to other women and stuff like that. I try to give all excuses why. You know, my wife is not that strict, but I'm just saying, you know? And she kept talking and said, you know, I, I got a big project I'm working on and stuff like that. 
And, and, and she said to me, she looked at me, and she said, I don't know why, but I, I, feel, I feel to share this with you. You know, I, I started getting skeptical because she was, when she was originally talking, she talked about energy and, and you know, because these people, people are big on this energy and, and, you know, instead of recognizing God, you let the universe and, and the earth you respond and stuff like that. I'm like, hey, let me ask you a question. Let's go back to origin first. Before you start talking about energy and all, let's go back to origin. I need to know where this energy comes from. If there's energy circulating and stuff like that, there has to be a start point of energy. And then they, they, they don't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> So she said, your shoes are your shoes. She said, whatever that means, that's what it means. I said, wow. I said, thank you. And I looked at her, I said, thank you. I, ca- I caught myself. I was like, all right, Lord, whatever. <laughs> if I got treatment like this, you know, I'm, I'm over here trying to get prepared to minister to your people. And, um, but that freed me. And what I realized is that I didn't have to worry about filling my dad's shoes. I had my own shoes I had to fill. See, because there's this thing called delayed gratification. I'm, I'm just touching on it real quick. I've spoken about it before. And, and there's a couple of things that delayed gratification protects you from. Right? There's a couple of things that it really protects you from. And I'm going through this fast, so, so type and write fast. Number one, deception. When we get anxious and we can't wait, we're easily deceived, right? That's like, 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 like my father spoke about Job a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about how Job was, 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 was attacked, and he started losing everything. And, and, and what happens is when you're provoked, you ever hear about being provoked? See, when you're provoked, you're willing to step outside of your normal situation, your normal way of thinking in order to receive whatever you're looking to receive, in order to do whatever you're looking to do. So sometimes we got a right frame of mind. We're walking and we're contemplating and we're strategizing, we're thinking about something. But then when we get to a point where we, we are so desperate for something, we are provoked to do something outside of what we're really willing to do. Deception. Number two, compromise. Compromise. Number three, greed. Number four, selfishness. Because the question is, whatever you're going through, whatever you're asking God for, is it really just about you? We're going to get to that. Depression. Sometimes we find ourselves, you know, people, when they, when they get a certain level of no's, even if it's from God, people can step into a place of depression. You know, I look at my kids like, you know, Daddy, can I go out? No. <laughs> and you go into the room and they like, I'm like, what's the matter? You look like you hate your life right now. <laughs> we gonna said no. It's gonna be another day tomorrow. You can go out tomorrow. Just let it rock today. Like, stop getting caught up. Number, number, uh, okay, six. Like, I have an A, B, C, D. I don't have a number, so I'm, I was trying to remember my <laughs> frustration. It protects you from frustration. See, all of these things are the things that are lined up correctly. If aligned correctly, you're willing to compromise. You're willing to compromise. Anger is that number seven. Is seven? Anger seven? Frustration is not seven? Seven. And number eight, worry. And you've heard it before, worry is a substitute for prayer. 
Where is the substitute for prayer? But let me, let, me, let me explain how God works. And we're going to go from a cosmic level because this is everything that God's dealing with. Some people forget that God's dealing with things on a cosmic level because they're always in their box. They're always in that me, me, me. God, I need this. God, I want that. But they, they don't understand that there's a cosmic situation going on and you're just a part of the cosmic situation. So here it is, Luke. Luke writes, writes, writes this letter, and it's a very nice letter. He says, he says in, in, in Luke 3, verse 1, and I'm going to try to say these names. Don't judge me. Well, you can judge me, but I'm good with it. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of, a, of Judea, Herod, Tetrarch, of Galilee, his brother Philip Tetrarch of Iteria, and Chuck, mm-hmm. <laughs> Chuckinitis, and Lasania, mm-hmm. and I was practicing. I was reading this practice again, ready for minister. It, it just wasn't working for me. It should be like, you know, Bonquisha. Of Tetrarch and you know, it's a nene of, but listen, <laughs> of Tetrarch of Abilene during the high priesthood of Annas and, and Caiaphas. I got that one. The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. So, what happens is, from both, from every level, there were certain things that happened specifically. So, you had Caesar working. Right? And then you go to the local government, right? And you come down to, the, to, to even the, the heads of the, 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 the Jewish movement. Had all to be in line. And what happens? The word of God comes and speaks to, this, to Zacharias in the wilderness about the birthing of his son, to speak to his son, about the, uh, to, to speak to Zacharias also about the coming of this Messiah. So here it is, in order for God to, to, to move in a specific way, certain individuals had to be in a certain order. See, Caesar had to be in a certain way because his mindset would allow for certain things to happen when Jesus was walking this earth. Pilate had to be, and, and, and you know, so you, all, you went down the line. So if he's doing this and making sure all these things, because think about it, I'm, I'm, uh, the, the Israelites, 400 years ago there was a, a promise Isaiah was talking about this. Daniel was talking about that. You're looking for this Messiah. Jeremiah, everybody's looking for this Messiah. 400 years passes. And you're worried about how you have to wait. Over 400 years passes, and now comes the Messiah. Just like Daniel said, Daniel said, I mean, just like in Daniel, he said, look, God heard you from the beginning. He responded from the beginning. But there's certain things that had to take taken care of in the spiritual realm. And now you got, you, got, you, got, you, got, you got all the individuals. So think about what was going on in the spiritual realm at the same time that all of these, these uh, officials were, were being placed and put in line in order for this Jesus to walk this earth for a specific time. So the first thing I want to say to you, looking at all of this, 
looking at all of this. Understand that God moves with purpose. God moves with purpose and he operates out of preparation. And I want you to get this. Because I'm trying to get us, to, a lot of Christians are very selfish with their conversation with God. So number one, if you don't get anything, these three things I want you to get. Number one, you have to understand the law of alignment. The law of alignment. And what does the law of alignment really talk about? The law of alignment talks about in the 15th year of, of the reign of Syri- uh, Tib- uh, Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was, see, that's, that's the law of alignment when he was governor. So what happens is certain things have to be in, 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 in the right order in order for things for you to get a yes from God. There's a law of alignment. When you receive from God, there's certain things that, that are in the right order. Uh, Minister Lisa told me this message, you know, told, told me this story. Like, I give her credit for it, and I'm going to use that. I didn't ask her permission for it. So she goes outside consistently walking her dog. This is the law of alignment. And, 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 and she normally says she normally goes left when she's walking her dog. And she's going out there, her little dog. See, I, I got big dogs. You know, I can't walk a little dog. <laughs> Me, as big as I am, imagine me walking a little, shy, a little. No, I can't do that. So she's walking her dog. She said, but this morning she, she walked out and, and, and she said, you know, she asked her dog, she said, which way you want to go? And the dog happened to go across the street. So she walked the dog across the street and then the dog walks down this certain park and, and the dog walks down this per- certain park, you know, certain area path in the park and, and, and then uh, all of a sudden there's a lady. And the lady starts having a conversation with her. And the conversation was about God. I don't, I don't, because I don't know if she's here, I don't want to talk about it. So the conversation was about God and knowing certain timing and understanding certain things. And normally Lisa would never go down that path. But that day, that day, how many of you have walked somewhere and said, well, today I'm going to walk this way. And then something happens, you come into an encounter. And there's a situation and somebody says, well, I have something for you. I don't know. God told me to walk outside of this door with this in my hand. I didn't know who it was for. But then all of a sudden you turn right instead of left at that moment and you meet this individual and boom, they bless you with something you've been asking for. Or how about the other way when God tells you? To grab that extra $5 off the, off the night table. Knowing that you're on a budget, but he just tells you, grab that extra $5. And you walk into a, a, a restaurant or a store, and somebody's behind you trying to count up their money because they, they want to buy something, but they can't afford it. You say, well, I happen to have extra $5. Amen. There's something about the way God does that he's so strategic but things have to be in a line because not just the physical person has to be in a line, but then the person mentally has to be in, in the proper condition. The person has to be spiritually in the proper condition. The person has to be, you know, you know just, just, just emotionally in the proper condition in order to receive what God is going to do. There's so much more than what we think about when we ask God for something. Amen. 
So number one, we have to understand the law of alignment. Each move that God makes is to be in a certain alignment with God's strategy. And what do I mean by strategy? Put it this way. Strategy involves the bigger picture, which is, in our case means that the content, the information, and the reason why God works the way he does for a particular outcome. I'll repeat that. Strategy, in this case, involves the bigger picture. Say to your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. There, is there is a bigger picture. Turn to your other neighbor. Say, other neighbor. <laughs> You're a small piece, a small piece. Of, the of the bigger picture. So God is, 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 is so, so once again, strategy is, it, it involves the bigger picture in which this case, it means the content. And what do I mean by content? Everything that is a, uh, is, is a part of that. The person, situation, the information. God is looking at more than just your situation. And reasons, there's a reason why he moves the way he does. So number one, realize the law of alignment. Number two, understand that God loves you. Understand that God loves you. Because if that's governing how he operates, then a weight comes out of his love. Then a no comes out of his love. I'll say that again. See, we can, we, can accept, we, we can accept that God loves us when we get a yes. Come on now. We can we go around saying how good God is when we get a yes. But when we get a weight, Come on now, let's be honest. We get away from God and we start questioning his love. We start questioning his goodness because we start becoming selfish, thinking about just us. And what he's really trying to say, and I, and I believe that, that God is trying to set things up and what he's waiting for is the, the next person. He said, okay, you got, you got to wait, you're prepared. You're mature enough. But the person I'm going to use to bless you has some growing to do. Oh, come on now. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 29. And here it is. These are, these are once again, Israelites. Israelites went through a lot. You know, some, some texts you, you can't take on as, you know, he's talking to you. But I believe, that, I believe that this God is still working the same way, even with the Gentiles. So I'm going to take this text because I believe we can, we can use this text. And I love this because God first puts a demand on a certain lifestyle. And it says, this is how, why I can put a demand on your lifestyle. So these guys are, the, the, the Israelites are in exile, Babylon King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, uh, reigning and things are going on and, and they're a little depressed, they're going through some stuff. So God sends a word uh, to Jeremiah and he goes and sends another word uh, to, to some other individuals. And he comes down to it and he says, look, this is what the Lord says. And I'm reading out of the message Bible. It says, this is the message from God 
of the angel armies, Israel's God. To all the exiles I've taken from Israel to Babylon. He says, build houses and make yourselves at home. Put in gardens and eat what grows in that country. Marry and have children. Encourage your children to marry and have children so that you will thrive in that country and not waste away. You will what? Thrive. Thrive. Make yourself at home there and work for the country's welfare. Pray for Babylon. Pray for the place that you're um, you're captured in. For their well-being. If things go well for Babylon, things will go well for you. Yes, believe it or not, this is the message from the God of the angels' armies, Israel's God. Don't let all those so-called preachers, know-it-alls, who are all over the place, they take you in with their lies. Don't pay any attention to the fantasies they keep coming up with to please you. And that just speaks to itself with some of these preachers and some of their theologies. There are a bunch of liars preaching lies and claiming I sent them. I never sent them. Believe me, God decrees. This is God's word on the subject. This is how God works. This is God's word. As soon as Babylon's 70 years are up and not a day before, I'll show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. Look how long. He tells them 70 years you got to wait. Let's continue reading. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. So number one, the law of alignment. So there's certain things that have to happen within that 70 years in order for God to bring them out. And part of that is the maturity of the people in exile. Number two, God loves them. So all my plans, all all his plans are designed to benefit you. And not to hurt you. Not to harm you. So number two, God loves you. People have a hard time wrestling with the love of God. See, when God loves you, that means he has a plan for you. He promises not to abandon you. And he plans on giving you a future. And not only just a future, but there should be hope based on the love that you believe God has for you for that future. When my dad tells me, don't worry, it's taken care of, I sit back and relax. I go through some stuff. I'm like, you know, I go to my pops and say, pops, you know, I was growing up, you know, dealing with my first house. You know, I lived in Kings Park and and I bought this little two-bedroom house. You couldn't run too fast. You go from the front door to the back door real quick. You know, I had to eat in kitchen because the reason why I was eating kitchen because you could stand up and eat in the kitchen. And and we didn't have well water, uh, regular water, so we had well water. My pump broke. You know, I'm looking at my bank account, you know, first house. You know, I didn't realize that you're supposed to have, you know, in, in the bank account at least three months worth of uh, savings to help, you know, take care of some of the issues in the house. And, and that pump broke. It was $1,800. I said, Lord, have mercy. 
So, so, so me and my wife thought, you know, we can do good and just go buy you know, regular water. And I realized how much money we were spending just trying to buy regular water because we didn't have water. No water was coming in the house. The pump was broken. So I had to get it fixed. Couldn't take showers. I was you know, going to this house and that house taking showers and stuff like that. You know, and then we had a little methodology. I'm not going to talk about that, but <laughs> some of y'all understand where I was going. And I looked at it and I said, I couldn't do it. So I called my dad and said, Dad, you know, I, I need help. I, I'm trying to be a man and stuff like that and, 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 and take on responsibility. But this one's out of my league. You know, this is something new to me. He said, don't worry, I, I'll take care of it. My heart relaxed, started relaxing because my father said, don't worry. I'll take care of it. Amen. And that worry didn't just come from, oh, my gosh, you asked me. He said, no, I, because I love you. You asking me to help you is not a burden because this is what I'm here for. So I'll assist you and the assisting will come out of an excitement because I love you. So because when somebody loves you, they look forward to opportunity to help you. Oh, man. So number one, Realize the law of alignment. Realize that we're working with a strategic God. Number two, understand that God loves you. Understand that God loves you. And number three, number three, understand that even if the petition looks like it's for you, it's always bigger than you. It's always bigger than you. What do I mean by that? Every answer God has for you comes by way of a person. I'll repeat that. Every answer God has for you comes by way of a person. So I was talking to a person and they say, oh, pray that I get this job. Pray that, you know, pray that God, you know, that God will help bless you with the job. If God, if, if God is going to bless you with that job and, 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 and there's only one position, how do you not know that the other person down the block looking for that same position is not going to their pastor saying, you know, pray for me about this job? So now you got two individuals praying for the same job. And because God is so strategic, what he'll do, even though he was take this person and put him into this job, he also has to align something and set something up for this person. Because this person might be the person who says, okay, wait, that job is not for you, but I got something else for you. But we pray in a box. We pray in this box and we petition God for this job, not knowing if he's saying yes to somebody else for this job, he has to say no to somebody else for that same job that they're praying for. But we get caught up and say, God, how dare you? And not knowing the condition of the individual who really needed that job, I can survive two more weeks. This person's at their last, last paycheck. They, they, they're which end. They have nothing else. They need this job. So who am I to judge the operation of this God who sees a bigger picture? And I get mad at God. Because he decided to bless this person before he blessed me. And I think there's something significant to say that when God is telling you to wait, there's a certain level of respect he has 
for who you are and where you are as an individual. Because when God is saying, wait, he, he, he's saying that you're mature enough right. Come on, sir. to handle the pressure you're under right now while you wait. But we get caught up in a box and we constantly start judging God inside of our box and we forget that there's a bunch of other people possibly praying for the same thing I'm praying for at the same time I'm praying it. And that's why I say delayed gratification saves you from selfishness because you understand there's this thing called the big picture. Say the big picture. So if God operates for a particular way at a cosmic level, you think that's going to change when he's operating with you as a personal level? Whenever he says yes, things have to be in alignment. Thank you. (laughs) Whenever he says yes, things have to be in alignment. I can tell you stories upon stories of how God moved in somebody's life. But it still had to be in an alignment. I look at my father. Talking about alignment. You know, he, he's working at the bank and you got this Pentecostal uh, uh, woman working as his assistant. And he didn't want her. You know, he, he was, this was B.C., before Christ's days. My dad was looking at the, you know, he, oh, I want the nicer looking one. <laughs> he had to choose from, you know, two. He said, I want the nicer looking one. His, 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 his uh, partner got the nicer looking one, and he got the old Pentecostal dress, you know, down to the ankles. <laughs> Everything covered up. <laughs> and see how God aligned certain things. Because of that, he knew that she was going to be persistent. She wasn't the deepest person in the Bible, but she was the most persistent person in her faith. Amen. And she constantly went and started talking to God. You understand? So, so, so God takes on, he, he looks at everything. He looks at the character of the individual that's receiving and giving. He looks at the, 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 the way a person operates. He looks at their, their strengths and their weaknesses because you know, there's so much going on behind the scenes that we forget about or we don't even want to think about because we're so caught up in self. God, I need this. God, do this for me. God, can, you, can this happen? God, what about this? God, what about that? God, please. God, me. God, please. How many of us wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm going to be a part of your master plan. Help me so I can be used by you to answer somebody's prayer. Amen. Let's close our Bibles. Let's stand. My daughter texted me this text this morning, and I'll end with this. So as we close, she says this. She says, there's a fine line between a prolonged church service 
and the hostage situation. <laughs> so I'm always making sure that we get out of here on time. <laughs> but in the process, <laughs> I say that to say, please don't just listen on Sundays. Take these and go back. Because if God is challenging me, then I go and minister it because I was challenged with it. He's going to challenge some of you. Amen. So there's a law of alignment. God loves us. And it's bigger than just you. Amen. Amen. The law of alignment. God loves you. And it's bigger than you. The law of alignment. God loves you. And it's bigger than you. Whoever this is for. The law of alignment. God loves you. And it's bigger than you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you so much. You're a good God. You're a wonderful God. So I pray for these individuals as they ponder on this message and and look at how they have been asking you to to receive. But Lord, let us be a part of the answer, a part of the solution. Let us be used by you, Lord. Put us into a a place and a position where we can be the one asking to help somebody and not always asking to be helped. So, Lord, I ask that you just start working on our minds and start looking at things differently. Understand that things have to be on the line. So if you tell me to wait, we're going to wait. Understand that you love us. So even your wait comes out of love. And Lord, that is, things are bigger than us. There's a bigger picture. So Lord, we'll be patient. And we thank you for your strategy. Thank you for how you operate. So Lord, you are good. And we thank you for that goodness. So we ask that you have your way. Protect us as we travel to and from this destination. Watch over us. Guide God and govern the paths that we walk in. We are yours. So use us as you see fit. Have your way. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Come on. This Bible, this Bible. is our primary source of faith. This Bible Bible. is our rule of conduct. conduct. This Bible Bible. creates that lens that that we see life through. As we leave this place with never God's presence, Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. God bless and enjoy the rest of your Sunday.